We're talking about the eyes of faith. And we've been talking about missing God's blessing. And we looked at Numbers chapter 14, where the Israelites were at the uh, doorway ready to go into the Canaan. And their faith prevented them from obeying God. And they ended up wandering. But that wasn't the first time they had complained. Back in Numbers chapter 11, as they're wandering, God had provided them with manna. But they're getting a little tired of manna every day. And so they're, they're complaining. If you can imagine believers of God doing that, they did. And they complained to Moses. Did God bring us out here just to make us suffer? On and on and on. And we'd love to have some meat. Well, I guess Moses was a little tired of hearing the complaints because he turns around talking to God. He kind of gives it back to God. He said, God, these aren't my people. These are your people. And you're the one that's brought them here. And now they're wanting meat and they're not happy. And what am I to do? And so let's pick it up at Numbers chapter 11 real quick and read uh, starting at verse 23 or 21 actually. Verse 21 Moses is talking to God. Moses said, Here I am among 600,000 men on foot. So that kind of tells you what the size must have been. And you say, I will give them meat for a whole month. Would they have enough flocks and herds? Would they have enough if all the flocks and herds would slaughter for them? Would they have enough if all the fish in the sea were caught for them. So Moses is demonstrating a limitation of his faith here. He's looking at natural resources, the way he would provide for them. And we can easily assume this was over a million people. If there were 600,000 men, there may have been close to a million and a half people with, with uh, wives, children, and other others. So that would be a lot of people to feed. And Moses is saying, I'm not seeing it, Lord. And so the Lord answers in verse 23, Is the Lord's arm too short? You will now see whether or not what I say will come true for you. I think God got his back up a little bit. Here he'd done this for them. He'd brought them out of Egypt. He'd protected them. He'd shielded them. He'd fed them. And they're not happy. And even his servant Moses is kind of giving him some lip. Let's go down to verse uh, 31 and read uh, what happened there. Now a wind went out from the Lord and drove quail in from the sea. It brought them down all around the camp to about three feet above the ground. As far as a day's walk in any direction. So that's a lot of quail. All that day and night and all the next day the people went out and gathered quail no one gathered less than 10 homers. Then they spread them all out around the camp. I think God was showing out a little bit. I think he was saying, oh, <laughs> let me show you just what I can do. I mean, three feet of quail as far as a person could walk. We, a person can walk a long ways, especially they were in good shape, not me. I couldn't walk very far, but they could walk. Matter of fact, somebody, has time to do these things, and they've totaled it up, and that would have been for each family about 1,900 quail and 475 pounds. 
That's a lot of plucking to do, have to do in cooking. But God over and abundantly poured out on them in response to their complaint. And if you go on and read the chapter, uh, God wasn't happy with them. He wasn't happy at all with them. And, and so we have this occasion here of how the people were not paying attention to what God had done once again. And we often can be blind to what God is doing. Sometimes our blindness is from ignorance. We just don't know God. We either haven't met Him personally or we haven't really spent time with Him to just know His goodness and graciousness. Sometimes our blindness comes from arrogance, that we think we know better how to do something, and so we reject what God is doing because that's not how we would do it. And then sometimes it's just from, from, not, from self-centeredness. God, you didn't answer my prayer. You went and did what you wanted to do, but this is what I wanted. And so we reject the gift that he's given because we were looking for one thing and God provided another. As we try to take on and walk with God in faith and live for Jesus, live according, we need to open the eyes of our faith. And it's helpful for us to remember what God has done in the past and it's even more helpful to be able to see and recognize how God is working. And that, that is a, a skill that we need to develop to be able to be sensitive to when God is working. There are so many times we can see something as a problem when it's really a solution, or we can see a hindrance when it's a protection because God knew something was coming that would be bad for us and he's deflecting us to what he knows is right. It could be that you're stuck in traffic and you're grumbling about the traffic, but God knows there was an accident occurring down the road and he's keeping you from it. We just don't see and recognize. And so if we live with a life of gratitude and everything that happens to us, trusting that God is caring for us, we start opening our eyes of faith. One of the reasons I've been doing this series on missing the blessings of God is because I've wanted us and wanted to help you see how God is moving and I've asked three of our deacons to help me in that. And I've asked Susan to come. She's going to come and share with you. Susan is our church secretary. Please come on up. She's our church secretary. And that means she sees the bills coming in and she has to prepare the checks going out. And so she knows uh, very uh, definitely the, some of the challenges and ways God has provided. And so I've asked Susan to share some of those occasions with us. I'm really nervous, you all, so bear with me. Uh, over the past two years that I've been doing the secretary and the treasurer part of the job, there's been times when I was doing math to figure out what should I pay this week and knowing that other bills are coming up that are gonna have to be paid. Um, but, but I never really fretted about it because 
every time things got low, there was always something that came in that week to replenish the funds that we needed. We've not ever had, there's only been one occasion since I've been doing it that I had to, uh, knew that the funds weren't there for us to pay what we needed to pay. But God always comes through and I'm, I always pray to God and thank, thank him every day for the funds that do come in. We have a lot of people in our community, in the church and outside of the church, that want to see good things going on here. And they want to see us keep God's building in a nice, uh, looking nice for him because that praises him. I'm going to share a, a couple of specific things. Uh, I was reminded we were talking about this uh, with some, and if you remember about this time last year, we uh, got the van back working, uh, not back working, but maintained. It needed brakes, it needed tires, and I think the bill came to like $4,000. And you and your faith said, look, we need to do that. We want to have it available. So we did that. And that next week or two, a check came in for that amount. Back in uh, February, uh, back in January, you said, yes, let's, let's reupholster the pews. Let's do the carpet. And uh, the down payment came due. We wanted to get on schedule, which, by the way, is scheduled for the last full week of July to recover the pews. So we... We went ahead and sent the money, even though something we were counting on didn't come in yet. That next week, we got a check for the amount of what we had to pay for the down payment. And Susan shared with me over and over again how that's happened. And one last occasion, <laughs> she came in, about had a heart attack because we got a letter from the IRS saying, you owe well, as they got into it, the way it was provided there was IRS was wrong, if you can believe that, and, and they were able to submit paperwork and take care of it. So in various ways, God is taking care, and those are just three uh, more bigger examples, but it happens regularly. One of the other things that we d desire to see, I hope you desire to see, is our pews full of people worshiping God, hearts changed, loving Jesus, our youth and children, and that's why you've done the team kid for 26 years now, 27 maybe. It's because you have a heart and you want them to know who Jesus Christ is. This summer, uh, if I recall right, Lewis may correct me, but last summer, Lewis started getting more and more of a burden, especially for the youth, but for all people. So Lewis is going to come and share how God is working, drawing people to Christ and, and bringing hearts. And he, uh, he has uh, been laid, uh, given opportunities many times. I hope he'll share with you how God's working. So last summer... Um, we tried to get Team Kid going again after a three-year layoff with COVID. We didn't know what to expect. Uh, so if I recall properly, I know Julie stepped out, but we sort of went for four weeks 
just to see what would happen. We didn't know what kids would come back and what would not. Well, we had a decent turnout, but not like we had had pre-COVID. And I realized that Joel and I had taught fourth and fifth grade for 20 years or better. And we had a good core group of children in there that we didn't want to lose. And that's what my burden became is we didn't have a youth minister anymore, but we didn't want to lose these kids. And if we could do something to keep them coming, then that would be a good group to start with. So we didn't know what to do. Uh, we got new literature. Uh, I'm certainly not experienced at dealing with teenage kids other than raising two of my own. Uh, but I said, okay, I'll give it a try. We'll see what happens. We had as many as 11 come. It's tapered off. It's went back and forth. Now I have two to three that are regular. Uh, but one of those two came and made her decision to give her life to Christ. Um, along the way, we tried new literature for that group. And I needed to study more than I had in the past. So I would take the book to work and I would read it on Wednesday morning. And I started having people at work. Now I work in Florence, 54 miles from here. And I started having people ask me, hey man, what are you reading there? And I would teach this lesson to them as I was reading it myself. Um, I work on aircraft engines. Usually there's four or five of us together on an engine. The engines are pretty large. Uh, the area that we work in would probably be about the center row of pews here. But people start asking you questions and you start dealing with scripture. And the next thing you know, one thing leads to another. And I've got people all over the shop. There's about 45 employees there. And I have people coming and asking me to pray with them or to pray for them or to help them with this or to explain that. Folks from different religions would come and ask me, well, why do you think this? And this is what I think. And so it's turned into a daily uh, thing where I'm sharing with people. And I wasn't overly prepared for that, but I got prepared. The Lord provided. Um, and, you know, initially it was like, okay, we had 100 people before on Sunday mornings. We had 50 kids up and down the hallway every Wednesday night. And we were really getting hung up on that. Some of us were. Well, God decided that we weren't ready for that yet, in my opinion. But we were ready for a couple here and there. We were ready to talk to four or five people at a time at work. If one of those folks goes and talks to four or five more, and then one of those goes and talks to four or five more, while we want to build our church and we want to stand in this community like we have for so long, ultimately it's God's church. It's God's kingdom. It's God's world. When we watch the news and we see Uvalde, Texas, we see the mall shooting yesterday, we see Louisville's old national bank, we see all these things and we're like, man, what are we gonna do to change this? We're gonna talk to four or five people at a time. We're gonna share the scripture with them. We're gonna pray with them. We're gonna show them that we care. And I see people here doing that. I see faces that weren't here a year ago. Now, we still have a lot of faces missing and of course we miss them, but we're on God's plan. And as I finish up here, any of you that have known me any time at all have heard me quote this scripture and I'm gonna quote it again. Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13. 
For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. So Campbellsburg Baptist Church, I'll just remind you, we have been seeking him with all of our heart. Let's not stop now. On that youth work, one of the things Lewis wanted to try and do and has done is to have a movie night for them. And he's had some that he wanted to share with them. And while some have not been coming to the team youth, they showed up for the movie night. And this last time that we, we had one, uh, we had uh, the three girls that have shown before show up and one of the guys had been kind of poking his head in, came back. And when the movie ended, before dismissing them, Lewis kept the lights down and he just issued an invitation, an appeal, not to come forward and that kind of thing, but just that thing to keep their eyes closed. And if they realized their need for God, or if this had spoken to him, would they raise their hands? And every one of them did. And as we looked around, we could see tears in their eyes. It was touching them. So yes, we would love to see two or three, four or five pews full of youth over here. That'll be wonderful. I, I pray we get there one day. But lives are being touched. And one of the other things that uh, is getting impressed upon is people are hungry for answers and they're hungry for truth. And Lewis has opened, I told him he's been cursed with a blessing because he'll come share with me. People are coming, they're asking me this, they're asking me that, and, and, and I'm having to really think about how to respond to them. And so he's being blessed by people wanting to talk to him about God. And, and the cursing is kind of a joke part that is just the overwhelmingness of it. You're all aware, those of you who have been here especially for a while, of needs that this facility has. And we've been working for a couple of years to get it back up to snuff, to take care of things we're continuing to do. I've asked Joel, Joel to come as he's head of our trustees, but he's been here forever and done anything and everything. I've asked him to come and share how God is providing people interested and taking care of this facility and how he's opened doors and made connections. Joel? Okay, I'm bashful and shy, and I don't, you know, I don't really like to talk. Uh, but I'm here to talk about people stepping up, God's people <coughs> stepping up. And the, a group of people in Campbellsburg got together in 1801 and built a log church out toward this end of town. And I imagine some donated the wood, some donated, all of them might have worked, labored, some cooked the meals, and that didn't burn down. Well, they didn't give up. Another group, they got together and built again. And that's what, we almost gave up. I was getting pretty uh, depressed about the conditions of the church. But we got together and 
You can see what happened. I was out working. God, God's worked through all this. He sent a perfect straight, well, not a stranger. Gerald Price came down and he said, I, I know somebody that can fix that. And they came out. They, they were strangers to me. I didn't know them. But they had a heart. He said, you don't tear this building down, you fix it. So, so far, two years now, I think it's the longest it's gone without a leak. Uh, but the people in this church are stepping up. We've got people that you don't, you're never too old. I'm not going to name names. But we've had people provide landscaping. Uh, we've had people that, that cook meals for uh, services. We have people that bring stuff up and donate to, to do the stuff in the basement. You're, you can be like a, a Jonah. You can run away when God wants you to do something. Keep running, running, make it harder, get swallowed by a fish. But God is still you. He, he came back. Or you can be like Moses and just argue a little. Well, well I can't do it. God sent Aaron with him to help him. Or you can be like Isaiah and say, send me. Here I am. Let me help. And I've got that been on the trustees. I've got a lot of that from the people of this church. Uh, if you want to look at Romans 16, will it, be, will it make you famous if you come and volunteer and help? No. Romans 16, Paul names a bunch of people. I can't pronounce their names, but they're up on his list. He looks up to these people that helped start the church, that worked in the early church. We don't know their names. I knew a couple of them, Priscilla and Aquila. I've heard of them, but a lot of other ones I had never heard of. But Paul held them up, exalted these people because they were doing God's work. And we can all do that. We're not, we're not too old, we're not too young. We've had young people come up and help you know, on the landscaping outside, and, and it just warms my heart. So if we just keep God in our, in our forethought and the condition of this church, it, it makes you feel better now, doesn't it? The ones that remember how it looked, you feel a lot better. And just when I come and ask you, just volunteer. Thank I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Joel. Those are just some brief summaries or outlooks of some ways that God is doing. There's much more going on. There are hearts being changed. People are stepping up uh, to serve their Lord in ways. And some of them say, I wasn't here. I didn't do this. In other words, don't mention my work I just want to give to the church I just want to do so God's providing in all ways he's providing financially he's providing and people to talk to about their life with Christ and he's providing people to come and help their church and work and their talents and something that they think may may not matter but it matters a lot it's what they can give in Matthew chapter 6 Jesus is talking its Beatitudes, and he is sharing with the people. It's our text for today, verse 25. 
the heading for it is do not worry. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? We know how to worry. Worrying comes easy. Trusting and faith comes hard. And in this verse, Jesus is teaching and he's kind of pleading, guys, trust in me. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to provide for you. And he can do things that we can do nothing about. He can provide in ways that we would not even imagine. And so as we have the ability, because we have a Savior who loves us, who trusts us, who is more powerful, can do anything that He wants to do, we can rest in Him, go about doing what He's asked us to do, what He's commanded us to do, because we know He's going to take care of us. I want to refer to you real quickly to Malachi chapter 3. I'm watching my time. Malachi chapter 3. It's a familiar passage. I talked about it back in January, but I'm looking at it in a different angle now. In verse 10, God has Malachi write, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. This is the key phrase. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops, and the vines in your fields will not cast their fruit, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. Uh, too often we, we, we hyper-focus on that first phrase, bring you all the tides in the storehouse, and that's not what I want us to focus on today. I want us to focus on God is saying, guys, test me. I'm wanting to pour out a blessing. I'm willing to pour out a blessing. I'm waiting to pour out a blessing. And then he listed, I've listed some ways here that God said, specified in here. He said that if you, we will trust him, he will open the floodgates of heaven. That's a lot. He has said that he will prevent, he will pour out so much blessing, we won't have room to hold it. And the picture of there is of uh, women used to go to the, to the market and they had their aprons on. And when they would get, uh, when they would get uh, grain, they would hold the apron up and the, the vendor would put the grain in their apron. And the picture here is that it would be heaping over, not just a little bit under the ledge, not just level, but heaping up. And that's what God is promising He will do as we trust Him. And then He says, I will prevent pests from devouring your crops. And if you'll pay attention here, this is not prosperity gospel. This is not God saying, look, you give me a thousand, I'll give you a thousand back or two thousand. There are many, many ways that God can bless us and help us. And if you're a farmer, one, a good way is not to have 
uh, have pests come in and eat up what you planted or to have a, a blight hit your cattle and kill them all or any number of ways there, that God can bless. One Certainly one of the ways God can bless us is with good health. How much better would our life be if we didn't have health issues? How much less money would we spend if we didn't have to pay for all of our health issues? So God is saying He will do that kind of thing as we will trust Him, and He challenges us to test Him. The Almighty God is, is asking His creation, look, give me a chance, test me, see if I will not pour out a blessing. And then that last verse says, and you will be well regarded in your neighborhood. People, when they see that God is blessing, not to our glory or credit, but they will see that there is a great God that they should find out about. So in our trusting God, in our growth in faith, in our letting Him bless us by, by our obedience, they're going to see, hey, something's going on here I need to be a part of. And so it becomes a testimony. One final verse I want to leave with you is, first, is Philippians 4.19. And that verse says, And my God will meet all your needs. That's a great promise right there. But God doesn't stop there. My God will meet all your needs according to His riches in heaven not according to my limited thought of what I need, not according to what I think I might be able to raise up, but according to His riches. There is no way I can do anything that would match the glorious riches of God in heaven. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills, the psalmist said. It's all His. All the resources, the universe is His. He can provide it, and He wants to. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and that more abundant. And so my prayer for you is that you would be able to develop these eyes of faith to step in faith as God leads you so that you will receive the blessings of God. My prayer is that as a church, we will take time and we will stop just looking at what we think ought to happen and say, okay, God, where are you working? What is it you're moving to accomplish? I want to be where you are versus, God, I'm really interested in this. Would you bless my efforts? You see, that's the cart before the horse. It should be, God, what are you doing? I'm going to join you in it. And so that's our call today to open our eyes of faith to see, to remember what God has done in the past. And Joel took us back to the very beginning and a quick 200-year history and brought us up to how God's providing each day. We've heard that from Susan and Lewis. And so God is working. Let's join Him in the work and we'll see the, the floodgates of heaven pour out. But it means we've got to step out in faith.